Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturgis, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. All right. So, uh, Jesus is Greater. This is a series we've been going through for the past weeks. And if you're new to us, you're welcome to go back and watch the previous uh, studies we have on this. So, uh, so this morning we're going to be looking a little bit further. And Jesus is Greater than Moses, Hebrews chapter 3. If you've got your copy of the Bible, go ahead and make your way to Hebrews chapter 3. And that's where we will begin. So, we look in this passage, and we begin to look at comparisons. Comparisons. How do we make comparisons? A lot of times we make comparisons all the time between one religion or another. We make comparisons on one political party or another. We make comparisons on people groups. We make comparisons on even those we see in the biblical narrative, which is what we're doing today. There's a comparison being drawn here about Moses and in that time, Moses is being heralded as greater, more authoritative, more, uh, I, I guess, more accurate than Jesus. But there's a distinction that we write and we see in here. As we look at this today, we learn that while Moses was an important character, he's notable and has some comparable qualities such as faithfulness. He is not comparable to Jesus. The difference between Moses and Jesus is, is, is far greater than we like to say. We like to say, well, we want to compare them to small pieces of their lives. But, but Jesus was both God and both man. So in one sense, Jesus was like Moses, but he wasn't. So we see some of the comparisons Hebrews chapter 3 draws in this. Hebrews chapter 3, starting in verse 1 and 2, tell us that Jesus and Moses were both faithful to God. Let's read verse 1. It says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and the high priest of our confession. He was faithful to him who appointed him, and Moses also was in all, was in all his house. So there's faithfulness. That's a key in this. That's a key comparison that they're faithful unto God. They are faithful in their house. But there's a difference between who Jesus was. Can you go to Moses to be saved? Can you go through Moses to be saved? You can read some of the things that Moses did. You can read the Ten Commandments. You can read how he journeyed and how he led, how he was following God and how he didn't follow God. But you look at, you look at what Jesus did here. Jesus was the sacrificial lamb that took away the sins of the world. So we see there's a great difference here. So not only was Jesus and Moses both faithful unto God, but also we learned that Jesus is greater than Moses. You know, I heard a, a song one time said this way, you know, that he is worthy. Worthy of our praise, he is worthy. And so we know that there's a distinct difference between what Moses did and what Jesus did. Moses led people towards a promised land. Jesus leads people to heaven. Amen? 
So there's a difference in that. So it says here in verse 3 and 4, it says, For he has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, by just so much as the builder of the house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. God is greater than all things. God is greater than our biggest test, our biggest trial, our biggest temptation. God is greater than our time of greatest need, but also bigger than our time where we have joy. He is greater than all those things. So when Jesus was sent, He is greater than God. He is greater than all things. He is greater than Moses. A lot of times people try to discredit who Jesus was. But if you were one who reads the scripture for yourself, you begin to see the accuracies of what he says there. Versus just hearing about the word, reading it for yourself. There are many different people, and you'll see them throughout the world, that will give an account of their story of of coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And oftentimes they try so many different world religions, right? They try so many different things, but they often find so many different holes in the story, so many loopholes in the story. And there are other religions in the world that have something in their narrative that looks like Jesus of Nazareth. But when they look at all of those things, they look and they find themselves unfulfilled. They find that there's something missing. Something's not exactly right. Something's not the same. But then they open God's Word and they begin to read. They read through the books of the Bible. They read into Isaiah. They read into the New Testament. They read into all things. And they begin to understand that this is historically accurate. It is, it, you are able to go to these lands and you are able to find remnants of those that lived during that time. You are able to follow it historically through the different record books and things that are out there. So the more you try to disprove Christianity, the more you prove Christianity. So in looking at this, you and I cannot look at Moses and say, Moses is comparable We look at Moses and we understand that in most instances, Moses was faithful, but Jesus was distinctly different. You know, I love the parts of Scripture where you hear uh, an author, a writer, and they say something like, well, all of these things happened and they seem really bad, but Jesus When you see the words, but Jesus come into it, you know that something's going to happen, right? You know that there's something different. You know that there's something that only he can do. You know that that when Jesus comes into the picture, it changes the entirety of the preceding statement before it and everything that was happening. There were times that the disciples went out to do the things that, that Jesus had sent them to do, but they couldn't do it. And there were times that They were called upon, and other people said this. They said, why did your disciples not, why were they not able to do what you sent them to do? And Jesus says, have you not learned already that this happens because of prayer? So Jesus was different. He did things differently. But Jesus, and I love how that even fits into our own faith stories. As we live our lives, sin is a part of our story. Sin can be detrimental in our lives. Sin can be something that weighs us down. But Jesus saw us in such an estate as that and knew that the only way that we would ever overcome our sin through forgiveness is by a sacrifice. That sacrifice He chose to do Himself. That sacrifice was Him. 
And he gave himself for our sins once and for all. So we see in the scriptures, verse 5 and 6, it says, Now Moses was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were spoken later. But Christ was faithful as a son, capital S, over his house, whose house we are. If we hold fast our confidence and, and the boast of our hope firm unto the end. How many of us really think about all the accolades and the things which we've accomplished? In this room, we've got all kind of professions, all kind of work backgrounds, all kind of knowledge bases, all kinds of maturity and faith, all kinds of things. But we see in this, we are to hold fast to the confidence and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. It's about what Jesus has done. Jesus has accomplished. Christ was faithful. We are to be faithful. But there's also a warning that comes in verses 7 through 9. Don't hold on to a hardened heart. How many times have you tried to talk to somebody about your faith and it seems like they hear you but they don't hear you? Here's what I'm saying. Sometimes we can hear the word of God. We can hear that Jesus is greater. We can know of the strength and the might of God, but we miss the fact that he is Lord and Savior first in our life before we will even count what is being said as utmost importance. So there has to be that relationship. Don't hold on to the heart and heart, but listen for anticipation of his voice. Verse 7 says this, this, Therefore, just as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as they have provoked me, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, where your fathers tried by me by testing me, and saw my works for forty years. Y'all, we understand that there's a generation now that has gone astray. There's a generation that we are witness to that has believed the lies and the twistings of things in this world to where they believe things that even 10 years ago, 20 years ago, would have been completely valued as false or not of God or, or things that we don't need to follow. There are things that are acceptable today to culture and to, to those around, and there's truths that people accept as truth that aren't true. But God's Word says there's an absolute truth. Truth is not relative, meaning that it doesn't matter what Mr. John says, it matters what God's Word says. It doesn't matter what Dylan said, it matters what God's Word says. It doesn't matter what I say, it matters what God's Word says. And if he calls it right and wrong, it's right and wrong. It's not one of those things where, what do you think? It's not, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the Word of God said. And in a perverse and wicked generation, in a generation that has moved away from that biblical center, we know that God's Word is more important than ever before. And the accuracy of God's Word is more important than ever before. And our faith is more important than ever before. So this understanding of a generation gone astray should resonate with all of us who believe. See, faith, faith is said like this. Faith is not credulity. It is not believing in something you know is not true. Neither is faith a substitute for knowledge. Christian faith operates in the realm of meaning, not in the realm of fact. Faith recognizes fact, but is not out to obtain, contradict, or prove facts. St. Augustine knew that when he said, I believe in order that I might understand. See, the first thing this generation has to do is to seek 
the Lord and find answers that they've been looking for all their lives. And there's many different people that will go after many different things and they'll find themselves still empty, right? They'll find a lot of promises and temporary fixes, but nothing eternal. Hebrews 3, 10 and 11 says this, Therefore I was angry with this generation and said, They always go astray in their heart and they did not know my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Trevor told us this morning, he said, There's but one way to heaven. There's but one way to peace and eternal life, and that way is Jesus. There's a million and one ways to your home, but there's one way to salvation in Jesus Christ. And so we must guard our hearts by first confessing sin. Confession means that, yes, God knows the sin in our hearts, but He wants us to look to Him as the remedy or cure for the sin that plagues us. He wants us to look to Him and say, God, you are greater than anything and everything that I face in my life, that I will face in the time to come. So I want to confess everything I have done wrong in my life so that you know that I trust you to forgive me for all of that. See, that's a big thing, right? It's big when we trust in Him to do all that He has said He will do. So we must guard our hearts by not allowing for anything to remain in our life to where the devil could come in and create chaos, right? To create chaos because He will. So we look at verses 12 and 13. It says, Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you an evil, unbelieving heart that falls away from the living God. But encourage one another day after day, as long as it is still called today, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So if we have something in our lives that ought not be there as sin in our lives, today is the day we need to deal with it. We don't need to put it on a shelf and wait till another day to deal with it. Because it only causes more trouble, right? It only causes more trouble and it only leads us down a path that we didn't intend to go. See, I believe that all of us who are believers in Christ, we have a blessed assurance, don't we? We have a blessed assurance that no matter what comes, no matter what comes our way, no matter what stands against us, that God is greater, right? We understand that Jesus has the ability to help us, lead us, guide us, overcome issues, overcome problems, overcome temptations, overcome addictions, overcome all these things. We have an assurance that nothing will take us from His hand. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold fast to the beginning of our assurance, firm unto the end. How many of you know that once you are a child of God, you are a child of God forever? The Word of God says that over and over again. If you know Him and He knows you and you've been forgiven, you are part of the family of God. Period. There is no question mark there. There is no dot, dot, dot. There is nothing that says more to come. There says, I will hold fast to you. Hold fast to me. And that assurance we can hold on to until the very end. So here's a plea. This within this scripture today. It's a plea for us who are unbelieving that are gathered here today. Hebrews 3.15 says this. While it is said today, if you hear his voice, 
Do not harden your hearts as they have provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not those who had sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were not able to enter because of unbelief. Y'all... Because we are unbelieving, there's only but one way to have rest. There's only but one way to hope. There's only one way to forgiveness. There's only one way to overcome. There's only one way to endure. There's only one way to persevere. There's only one way, and the name is Jesus. It always has been, and it always will be. And you and I can search through any book, any self-help, anything throughout the world, and we can find temporary fixes, right? But this is not a temporary problem, right? It's either heaven or hell for eternity. And there's no other way but through Jesus Christ. And the plea is that you would believe. So we see in this passage, in this entire book this morning, these things. As important as Moses was to biblical history, Jesus is greater as both God and man, Jesus was incomparable and able to do immeasurably more. I want you to understand this fact here. That it is still the same today that nothing compares with Jesus. I want you to understand that your sin cannot stand at the name of Jesus it falls. That you can be forgiven from everything that you have done. You can be forgiven from everything you will do. If you come to the Lord who is able. And so I want you to understand that nothing compares with Jesus. Jesus is greater. Secondly, a real challenge was in this time, and I believe it's still a challenge today. It was a hardened heart. So I'm going to ask you this morning, what shape is your heart in? What shape is your heart in this morning? You say, well, I haven't been to a heart doctor in a while. I'm talking about your spiritual heart. If your real heart, your regular heart doesn't work correctly, what happens? Everything breaks down, right? So as if your heart is not right by God, everything else falls apart. So if your heart is hardened or calloused, if your heart is lukewarm, or maybe you're here this morning, you say, well, I'm completely open or sold out to Jesus. Some things we need to let go of in our life and entrust to God. Y'all, we have a God who sent His only begotten Son to live and die for our sins. He chose that, but He rose from the grave. He gave us a hope that this world does not offer us. And I don't care what you and I read. And I don't care who, who we follow in that sense. We've got to know that Jesus is Lord and Savior of our life or it means nothing. Thirdly, what sin in your life needs confession this morning? So you might say, well, preacher, I don't want to walk down front. I don't want to come to the altar. But at the end of days, you better be sure that you're talking to the Lord Almighty where you are this morning because at the end of the day my word doesn't matter I can't get up there and I can't stand there at the gates of heaven and say you know what they came and talked to me but they didn't talk to you I can't say well they they meant this this is what they really meant Jesus said 
you need to come to me and you will find forgiveness. You can come to me and find rest. You can come to me and drop your burdens off at my doorstep and I promise you, I will forgive you. There's so many things that scripture promises us that we need to understand that we don't need to hold on to any sin in our life. See, sin has no control when the Holy Spirit is at the helm of our faith life. See, sin has no control over us if the Holy Spirit is leading in our lives. Amen? He has no control. So what sin needs confession in your life this morning? As I said a minute ago, fourthly, that we have a blessed assurance with Jesus and a knowledge of where we will be for eternity. See, for me, I describe it like this. I describe it as a peace unimaginable. That it's a peace unimaginable. That is, that is the knowledge that I will be in heaven for eternity. And the great thing that assures my heart as a parent is that my children know Jesus. The great thing that assures my heart as a spouse is that my wife knows Jesus. The great thing that it should assure your heart is if you know Jesus as Lord and Savior and you have a peace unimaginable from a God who is indescribable. It's hard to put into words everything that he can do. And I don't know how he does everything he does, but my God shows up every time. Amen? My God shows up every time. Look, I'm good, but even I don't show up every time. My God shows up every time. He will show up for you today if you let him. If you come unto the Lord and you confess your sins, He is mighty to save, mighty to forgive, and He is greater than anything you'll ever encounter. God is greater. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come this morning grateful to be in Your house, grateful to be in Your presence. God, just trusting You in this moment, God, that You've led each and every one of us here this morning for a reason. For God, I just pray this morning, God, if we need to confess a sin to be forgiven, God, I pray that we do that today. Father God, I pray that you give us the courage to not allow sin to have any more stronghold in our life. Father, you've said you will come. If we come, you will forgive us. So God, I pray that we come to you this morning. Father God, I pray this morning, God, if we need to be reminded of your strength and your might and your ability in our lives, that we entrust everything to you. Father God, so many of us carry burdens around that we were meant to place at your feet. So God, I pray this morning, God, if we need to lay a burden, a temptation, God, anything we're struggling with, God, we lay them at your feet. You are more than able to give us peace, to give us hope, to extend grace and mercy, not because we deserve it, but but just because of how good you are, God. God, so I pray this morning, God, however you've led us, whatever you're leading us to, God, I pray that we trust you this morning in that, knowing that you are greater and you are mightier. Father God, lead us even now as we come unto you. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity. And we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. 
Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.